and welcome to another episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X, where we spotlight businesses, mostly Metro Atlanta-based, excellent businesses, and give them a chance to talk about what they do and what they're really good at and why you should listen to what they've got to say. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training. Uh, we're a sales performance organization, uh, but uh, I'll have more to say about that at the end of the show. But for now, let's, uh, let's focus on our guests. We've got three terrific guests today. We've got Scott Waldron with uh, Brand Builder. Welcome, Scott. Hi. Alan Reed with M3. We'll get you to talk about what that is. Okay. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. And a uh, longtime friend of mine, Steve Phillips with Northwest Ex- Exterm- almost said experimenting. Exterminating. <laughs> We're always experimenting. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> well, that's good. Well, maybe you should change your brand. Scott can help you with that. So we're going to spend a little time at first here with Scott Waldron with Brand Builder. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Al. It's good to be here. I've been following you for a long time. It's good to be on the show. Yeah, it's good to have you with us. So uh, you, you gotta, you're going to have to help us out here because we hear that word brand building so much. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you don't even hear the word anymore, right? And, yeah. and there's so much noise out in the social media world about brand building. So why don't you give us an idea of what, uh, of what you mean by uh, your phrase brand first? What is that all about? Well, let's, let's clarify back to what you were saying, what brand actually is, right? Well, okay. let's say what it's not. All right. Because a lot of people there. say, I want to build my brand. I want to build my brand. But let's talk about what it's not. It is not your logo. It is not a color palette. It is not a font right? That is not your brand. Okay. Let's establish that. Let's get that out there. All right. Those are all brand elements. Those are all outward expressions of your brand that help people remember how they actually feel about you. Okay. So when I go buy a Chick-fil-A, I don't look at the logo and go, oh, I hate that logo. I hate Chick-fil-A. Right. I either love or hate Chick-fil-A because of the brand experience I have at Chick-fil-A. Right. And that logo just recalls that emotion that I feel in regards to Chick-fil-A. Okay, so let's, we got a real life example right here on the show. All right. All right, Steve's company, Northwest Exterminating, mm-hmm. has the mouse. Right? Is the mouse a brand or is it more like a logo? The mouse is not a brand. Yeah. The mouse is an external element to help people recall how they feel about external, about Northwest Extermination, right? They yeah. need to say, man, I hate that mouse because the last time they burned up my yard, right? <laughs> or I still see roaches in my house, right? I hate that mouse, right? But if they love that mouse because they're loyal, hey, I use Northwest, right? Yeah. Because I recall the good experience I've had with Northwest, when I see that mouse on that billboard everywhere, it brings up good emotions in me, Okay. right? So why do companies need your services? Because having a brand first mentality is all about being intentional with everything I do. So having a brand first mentality means how is this next thing I do, whether it's an email campaign, a social media message, my website, that handshake with somebody, that networking event, that lunch appointment, how does this next interaction with somebody going to affect my overall brand image? Mm. Because it is being affected with every interaction we have with somebody. Now, I talk about brand from two different standpoints, right? Okay. The typical, standpoint is number one marketing that's the way a lot of people think about brand they do and that's where i've been for the past 18 years as a designer and and building brands for companies 
the past year, I've really started to think about an internal brand for a company. And what is an internal brand for a company? Company culture. Okay. Okay. So branding is all about what people say about you when you're not around. That is what brand is. Okay. Let's say that again. Brand is what people say about you when you're not, not around. around. So if my customers, my clients are going around telling their friends and neighbors something about me, that's my brand. Hmm. When all of us leave the studio, what we say about each other is our brand. Okay. Makes sense. Now an internal companies have internal brands as well. It's called company culture. That's the culture, right? And if employees are going home at night saying bad things about their job to their spouse, to their friends, that is a brand problem, right? For that company Makes internally. Sense. Yes. So what I've done is not only do I shape brands on the external communication side and help build them, position them, strengthen them, differentiate them from everybody else in their market, I also focus on internal brand development with companies with a program called Five Voices. Okay. This is the new service you've, you've offered? That is a new service, right? Five Voices. Tell Five us more Voices. about that. So Five Voices is a program all about transforming team communication. Again, brand is about communication and how we communicate effectively with our customer or our client on the external side. Okay. And how do we communicate effectively on the internal side with our employees and our leadership team? So I want to help teams do that. Now, Five Voices is something that was developed by Giant Worldwide. Um, this is something I've learned about in my own leadership training journey and become more self-aware of myself and how I communicate um, and it's transformed my life. And so as a Five Voices certified coach now, I use this with all of my brand clients. Do you? Every time I come in, they want me to help differentiate them, position them. What I do first is I run them also through Five Voices, whether they know it or not. So I can help them learn what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are in their own communication with their own team. Now, how long does it take you to sense what their company culture really is when you start working with a company? It really, it's that first workshop that we'll do together. Um, okay. It's a five, six month process that we walk through with companies and five voices uh, to help really structure that team communication. But in that first initial workshop, there's so many aha moments and so many things that come out of that, that people just go, that's why Jerry and HR does that thing that I hate, you know? So yeah. it's, it's always about that dynamic, understanding what it's like to be on the other side of us. And also understanding that not everybody thinks the way we think, right? Who knew, you know? Well, you, you brought up HR because HR mm -hmm. in, in many employees eyes is like, you know, the bad part of the company, right? Yeah. They're, they're the watchdog. Um, but yet, um, that people when they think of HR, they think of company culture. But you're talking about brand, so I'm, help me understand the differences yeah. here and the similarities. Well, you're right. I'm a brand guy. Brand guy first and foremost. Brand first and everything. But as I started going through my own leadership coaching and understanding what my brand meant to my employees, I started to understand that brand isn't just an external thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's an internal thing. And while we may use different language, you call it company culture, I call it internal brand, right? Okay. Of that company. It's all about effective communication. So really at the end of the day, I help you as a business or an individual communicate more effectively with your customers, your clients, or your employees so that you can be more effective 
in, in all walks of life, right, and be more profitable. So five voices is really about communication both internally and externally. Is that right? Yeah, because I see it as if you can communicate more cohesively as a team internally, 60%. So teams function at about 60% of their potential because they're not effective or efficient in their communication. 82% of team members feel un, don't feel valued. They feel misunderstood. They don't feel appreciated, like they have a voice at the table. If we could increase the efficiency and effectiveness of our internal communication on the even the marketing side, how much more effective will we be in our external communication if we can devise and create a team internally that is more effective? That makes sense because I work with sales teams and yep. we typically want to help them with their messaging to the external world. But a lot of times my clients want non-sales people also to participate in those kinds of workshops because they want everybody to to understand what what is the messaging uh, or what is it supposed to be externally and how does that relate internally i 100 percent agree with you and as a designer growing up in the design world we never messed with sales people and we never messed with um the people that were dealing with sales calls and mm. you know customer service things like that we just did the design and marketing side Later in my career, as I've learned to understand that it's not just a marketing problem, it's not just an operations problem, it's not just a sales problem, but it's how do all those things work together? So now when I work with companies, I bring in a sales guy, I bring in a marketing person, I bring in a leadership team, I bring in customer service reps so that we can all understand what the message is and what the overall goal is so that we can be more effective and all around, right? So okay. I primarily focus on the marketing side but it, it's not just a marketing problem. It's an all-employee problem. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me understand. When you work with companies, you work with, with their people on marketing and, and brand building and communication. But you also do, don't you do public workshops and, and seminars and things like that as well? I do. So speaking is a big thing that I'm starting to do more of. Um, I'm doing six workshops this month alone. Are you really? Yeah. So this month's a busy month. Um, last week, I did one with a woman named Gabrielle Mills from Sourced, if you know Gabrielle. Yes, I know Gabrielle. Yeah. So um, she spoke on vision and what a vision and how that incorporates into company culture. And I taught the first workshop of Five Voices. So it was a really good marriage on that topic. Sounds like um, it. Next Wednesday at the Whole Foods in Johns Creek, I'm teaching one about brand positioning, what brand is, what it's not. So I'll evolve that thought a little bit more and really help you understand what how important a brand foundation is to building the rest of the house, which is the business and the marketing side of what you do. And then in two weeks, I'm teaching one more about social strategy because I don't manage people's social media account, but our brands are shaped by how we appear on social media, right? That's, it that shapes our personal brand a lot. So I care about that a lot and I want you to be intentional about how you're using social media in order to shape that brand perception of who you are and what you offer. Okay, and our listeners can attend some of these workshops? All of them, yeah. Oh, really? So okay. um, you can go on and register. I'm in partnership with uh, Stephanie Sakenis uh, from Small Biz Ally. Mm -hmm. She's helping me facilitate those workshops and so you can go to her website, smallbizally.com slash events and find out more information about those. Okay. Small, um, small biz with a Z, right? Smallbizally.com yep. slash events. And slash you can, events, okay. You can find out more information there. If you want to get in touch with me, I've created an online company culture assessment. It's 20 questions of your company. 
and also an online brand assessment that's also 20 questions to help you evaluate the health of your brand. And if you just email me at skot at skotwaldron.com, uh, I will send you a link to those assessments. They're free. You'll go in my CRM, but I will not spam you, I promise. Okay, that's, that's a good promise because people are afraid of that. I know they yeah, are, yeah. I, so I'm putting it out there, man. You yeah. will be. I will tell you, you'll go in my CRM, but I will not. I will not. Okay, so Blow it's, you away with it's Scott, S-K-O-T. Scott with a K, yep. At Scott Waldron, S-K-O-T-W-A-L-D-R-O-N dot com, right? Yes, sir. Yep, email me there and I'll send you those links. That's awesome. So, Scott, what question haven't I asked you that I should be asking you about what you want people to know about you? Mm. Tough question. Mm. Yeah. How much... Do I appreciate Al Simon? Is that what you're going to ask me? Oh, yeah. That, How'd you know I wanted yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, it's this note you sent me right here Either, on the yeah, table. I'll just pass you a note. It's radio. They don't yeah, know that. Exactly. Yeah, okay. right, right. All right. No, no seriously. All, what, what about you that people don't know that they should know? My goal, like I said, is to have a brand first mentality. I think a lot of businesses um, from the marketing side focus a lot on tactics. Yeah. Right. We all hear, you know, website, you need a logo, you need a Facebook page, whatever. Yeah. But what the pain I feel for these small businesses or entrepreneurs going out and building something is that they do all that and then nothing works. Right. Because people see that they have no soul or no authenticity or they're inconsistent in their messaging mm -hmm. and how they present themselves to the world. And that hurts me, right? They're spending all this money, this time, this effort and building, I call them the little fish with big dreams, building something beautiful that's ineffective because they aren't putting enough thought and intentionality into the brand either internally or externally this is huge and i see it with with uh, my own experience on social media or when people are trying to uh, message me externally like salespeople, and i see the brand being manifested in, in the material they send or the social media posts that they have or on their websites but so many times when you have that first conversation with whoever it is, whoever's client facing, salesperson, customer service rep, whoever it is, is always it seems like there's that disconnect, especially the bigger the company, that disconnect between what their messaging on social media or advertising says and the experience you have <clears throat> with that first person that actually interacts with you. Is that what you work on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it, authenticity is huge, especially in a world of social media where there is so much inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're so guarded now. Uh, I think that it's more important than ever, than ever to build trust as people. People buy from people, right? I mean, you I'm sure you preach this all there the time. There you go. You know? yeah, companies don't buy from companies. Nope. People buy from people. They do. They do. And so uh, that's building that trust with your customers and clients is just as important as building that trust with your employees so that brand loyalty internally and externally is what's going to drive your profits makes perfect sense so that's skot at skotwaldron.com yes sir i was going to get a longer name but i decided to that's that's you know yeah that, it's going to blow up anyway after yeah. this radio show so you know, <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be so five million listeners is that what it is? Yeah. yes yeah it's five or maybe six now. six now yeah, yeah probably nice. gonna be seven or eight after this show yeah. so yeah <laughs> Well so, done, man. But, but thank you for being here, Scott, and yeah, sharing this with us. And, and once again, this is Al Simon. Uh, the show is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. And uh, we've been talking with, with uh, one of our guests, Scott Waldron. Terrific 
resource for businesses when you're talking about communication, talking about building your brand, and marrying the two, company culture, communication, really the three, right? I get that right? I'm getting all confused myself now just trying to talk about it. You got it. You got it out. That's why you have a job because I can't talk about it and make it make sense, but you can. I just need you to come sell for me. That's what I need. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, our second guest today, Alan Reed. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. Glad to be here, Al. Absolutely. M3, a powerful cloud-based financial platform and services company serving the hospitality industry, reading straight from the page here. What in the world does that mean? That means that um, we we service the uh, hospitality sector, specifically hotels, and we provide um, an accounting software solution and an accounting uh, as a service solution to the hospitality industry. Started that about 20 years ago. Did you? And uh, it's just been a a blessing and 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 a really fun path and I would just like to say listening to Scott talk has really juiced me up because most of the things he talked about are things that just for some reason I've started our company and and designed it that way just it's kind of reinforcement to me that you know I'm I'm going down the right path with the different things in his branding and he to me he was spot on on the branding it's not just the logo it's it's what you do with your culture and what people think of, think about you, that brand reinforces somebody says, oh, yeah, that's that company I like, or it's, right. it's the company I don't like. So, right. so, um, But we do accounting software for the hospitality industry. And you must be doing a good job of that branding because you've got a great market share in your target market, don't you? We do, and we just, um, I think it was um, Hotel Business Magazine just came out, and um, out of the top five, we have two of the management companies out of the top 27, and out of all the uh, management companies they listed, half of them, use our product which we were really just ecstatic to see that that come out and uh, we were able to do that through a lot of hard work and uh, due diligence and that branding as scott mentioned earlier i can imagine yeah how'd you get into this industry um you know that's that's a really great question uh, my original degree was in uh, engineering petroleum engineering and that was back in the early 80s back when the oil field was crashed so i got into the hotel business just to get a job <laughs> and that was probably around 84 86 was it and, I, and i've been in the uh, hotel business ever since and just um through hard work and due diligence grew into a position as a hotel manager and eventually owner of a software company that does hotel accounting software so it helps that i knew the business right. to provide a tool for them Yes. Um, and that, that's that's helped uh, facilitate the uh, business very well. That makes sense to me because in the early 80s, I was a corporate sales guy for a company that sold to banks. Mm-hmm. And Texas was part of my territory. And when the oil industry started tanking, those banks were hurting. Yes, they were. A lot of folks were looking for a new career. You found a good one. I did. I mean, I started off as a front desk clerk. Um, you know, it's, you, old philosophy, you can get a job if you have a job. It's a lot harder to find a job when you don't have one. So I got a job as a front desk clerk and just grew through the ranks as guest service manager, restaurant manager, food and beverage director, assistant manager, GM, regional manager. And then my partner, John McKibben, asked me to come up and run this company for him because he knew I had a technology background. Yes. And uh, we just uh, we started off with six employees, and we're well over 200 employees today. Awesome. So exactly what is your your um your, your product do is it product or service or both it's it's a great question it's yeah. both yeah so we we um we we provide a hosted solution to accounting so we provide both the accounting software and the accounting service we started back in 1998 and think about that i mean people weren't even sure the internet was something that was going to exist back then <laughs> that's right so i had to go around and convince people that the internet wasn't just a passing fad and that it was here and that i was going to host their data now you have your iphone wow. or whatever 
and you, you don't even think about where that dad is. But in 1998, that was a tough sell. That was a tough sell. People said, my dad stays in my office. Yes. And, um, you know, and I had to convince them that it wouldn't. So we started off, our first four customers 20 years ago are still customers of ours today. Tremendous. Um, yeah, we, we keep about a 95% retention rate. And um, the cool thing is, and it's through culture and through branding, as Scott said, um, we re- maintain about 98% customer satisfaction. We have no contracts with any of our customers. We're all on a month-to-month basis. So we have to prove our worth and our value to our customers each month. And you know, our philosophy is if, if we're not providing the services you need, you can leave tomorrow. And there's no billing, no external extra charges or anything like that. Okay, so this is interesting. So, so there's no contracts. It's month-to-month. But you got 95% retention rate, 98% customer satisfaction rate. That sh- that shows me that you've got good stuff and you got good people. Correct. Thank you. And, and another thing, the way we've been able to do that, since 1998, we've never had a price increase with our product. Whoa. It's time to raise your prices. Yeah. Huh? People tell me they're either um, uh, getting ripped off back then or they're getting a really good deal now. One of the two. I think they're getting a really good deal now. But um, it's just our business model. We yeah. and, and I had a... A, a national um, salesperson come in and tell them they were raising the prices on a product I was using from them. And there was like, there's no way from an operating standpoint that you cannot raise your prices. You have to, you know, people get raises and things like that. And I said, well, I have an interesting philosophy. I, instead of trying to find new money for my existing customers, I go find new customers to get new money. There you go. In the history of the company, we've never had a month that didn't outperform the previous month. That's wonderful. So, in, in, in that expansion, it's included now international expansion, right? Tell us about that. That is correct. We're in every state in the union, including Hawaii and Alaska. And uh, just recently, when I say just recently, just in the last three to four years, we've expanded up to Canada. We're in about 100 properties down there. We're in the Caribbeans. And the reason we got down the Caribbeans is because we have a lot of Florida-based uh, ownership companies, and they had some assets down there. So we started doing work for the, them down there. So we um, developed the software to work in those different entities. And as a hosted solution, we're able to do these upgrades for our customers with no interruption to them. Again, as I said, no price, but we get those upgrades because the customer says, hey, I'm going down to the Caribbeans, I'm up in uh, Canada, can you make the product do this? And mm-hmm. we analyze it, look at it, and uh, if it's something that works for everybody, we go, yeah, we do it, and we don't charge for that. So one of the reasons we have that customer retention is we try to never give the customer a reason to go look for another product. That's a good reason. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me ask you, why do you think so many of these management companies and hotels want to outsource their accounting? That is a great question. Hospitality companies are great at um, uh, providing hospitality and in making their customers enjoy their stay. They're really good at that. Um, and cust- the hospitality customers are management companies are getting more and more um, fine-tuned and accustomed to their bottom line dollar. Uh, you know, it, it, back in the day, before we were around, you know, people would have their own accounting staff and they would just run up some general numbers. But um, we're able to provide them a software where basically they can run their own accounting. Um, and if they don't, and you're asking about the outsource, we can do that accounting software for them. I started a new professional services in 2014 because we saw this outsourced accounting on the horizon. I started with six employees. Today we have over 40 accountants and about three to 400 hotels are doing that for. And so they can go do what they do good, which is manage hotels. Right. We do the accounting for them, give them the tools and the reports where they can see whether or not what they're doing is having a positive effect on their, um, on their profit or not. So 
you know, our audience, I don't, I don't know how many, how much, what percentage of our audience is into property management or hotels or both. Uh, but I'm sure that most of our listeners can take an idea today about business model that works. And obviously yours works. Well, well thank you. And, and again, you know, it was, we built from within. My philosophy has been, if you take care of your employees and you're a good model to them and a good representative and you can mentor to them, they're going to take care of your customers. Um, so we make sure that our, our employees are well taken care of. Um, we have a culture uh, that um, uh, we, we try to pass throughout. And it, mm-hmm. it's not just the logo, as Scott mentioned. We, I hired an uh, employee ambassador probably about three or four years ago. And she goes around and she, her entire job is our culture. Um, whether it's you know celebrating our successes, explaining how we're going to make things better, listening to our employees to see um, what we need to do better or, and what we are doing well so we can continue to do on, on those things. And when you take care of your internal customer, your external customers are going to be taken care of as well. So say that again. When you take care of your internal customer, internal customer. which is your employees, right, and your colleagues, ex- yeah. and colleagues, your external customer is going to get taken care of. That's a great way to look at yeah. it. They know that in everything you do, you're going to take care of it. I have a big logo up in our break room that says, do the right thing. I know that's a cliche, but that is genuinely our, our philosophy, is take care, whether it's taking care of Susie that works for me or Susie that's a customer of mine, we're going to take care of them. And our customers know that as well, that, you know, and that's one of the reasons we've been able to expand is because our customers know that they can trust us and that we value them. Do the right thing, I think, is not so much a cliche as it is a mindset. It is. And you've got to find good people that can take that as a mindset. And in today's environment of low unemployment, how do you find good people? Well, we used to be up in Gainesville, which is a great area, but we've moved down here to the Gwinnett area. And the southeast is becoming a tech hub. I mean, anybody mm. lately that's driven in Atlanta traffic, I mean, everybody seems to want to live in the Atlanta area. <laughs> so um, we're able to um, use the resources here in Atlanta. I mean, the movie industry has grown up, but the tech industry is really – Atlanta is becoming the second Silicon Valley, in my opinion. So we're able to um, create um, a, a work environment where people want to come to us. Um, if you ever get a chance, go to our webpage. We've got some pictures of our uh, offices there but we built the office around our employee so we did an oh, open yeah. environment we did a, a break room that has billiards and shuffleboards that have outdoor um, um, patio areas we do a lot of celebrations where we do food trucks and things like that but we um, specifically look for uh, certain people in this area that'll uh, and, and and we we interview a lot of people I do, I do the orientation myself for our new employees, and I congratulate them. I said, just the fact that you're in this room means you've gone through a lot, and it uh, means that we selected you, you selected us, and I tell every one of my employees, my goal is for this to be the only job you ever have in your entire career. So let me get that straight. You're the president and CEO, but you do the orientation for new employees yourself. That is correct. Um, along with my HR department, but they, mm-hmm. they, they basically show up and they do the slides and they say, Alan, start. And I just talk for about 30, 45 minutes, go through the, um, the branding. Um, again, as Scott mentioned, we drive that brand in from day one and, and the philosophy and the culture of the company. And um, I do a, a good 30, 40 minute presentation to them, showing them who all the different leaderships are, the different resources that are available to the employees. And then we talk about our customer and our customer base and uh, how we service them. My guess is your uh, turnover rate is really low. We, we, you know, 
it, it's, it's crept up to about 3%, but historically <laughs> it runs about 1.8%. Wow. Yeah. That's unheard of. It, it is. Um, and we just, I, I t- like I said, I tell people my goal is just to be the only job. We try to give them opportunities to be uh, promoted from within. We moved to Gwinnett um, campus in uh, December 2017. And since that time, we've had over 120 promotions. From, and the, uh, I think uh, 70% of that has been internal. That's tremendous. Well, it's all internal, We've but we've created 120 promotable positions. That is tremendous. Now, you mentioned your website. So, again, we want to make sure that our listeners can contact you or whoever they need to contact in your company. What's the best way to do that? The best way is go to our website, which is real simple. It's www.m3as.com and click on the contact us and you can contact us via twitter linkedin uh any other social media platforms we've all got there but there's a, a form you can fill out and it'll send information directly to our sales team and they'll get right back to you okay so that's www.m3as correct.com dot com originally yeah. stood for m3 accounting services okay and we just shortened it to m3 but we kept the web page m3as.com and uh, slash contact us is is the best place to go. That is correct. All right. Alan, thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's tremendous. Again, that was Alan Reed, the president and CEO of M3 Accounting Services on Business Radio X. This is your host, Al Simon, uh, with Sandler Training. This show is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. And our third, but certainly not less than, less least important, is <laughs> Steve Phillips. With Northwest Exterminating. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Al. I appreciate being here today. Absolutely. You and I have known each other for a long time now, and uh, I've long admired your company. You do great work. And uh, once you, uh, you know, most people know Northwest Exterminating. You know what you do. But why don't you give us your story? Just give us a, just kind of a bedrock of your story here for to start out with. I'll be happy to. Our story actually started but uh, the year before I was born. My dad served in the Navy during World War II, and after uh, he, he came home, he and Mother married. The next year, they moved to Atlanta because they lived in farming communities, and Dad said he was tired of looking at mules <laughs> backside. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we came to Atlanta and went to work on the rail, railroad at Southern Railway. He, oh, was, wow. he was a switchman, and um, he worked the midnight shift. So uh, he got interested in seeing uh, some technicians uh, working, uh, you know, during the day. He had to stay close to the phone. There were no such things as pagers. He was on the extra board at the time, and he had been there six years, and he decided, I can do this too. So he bought a trailer and pulled behind his car and bought a paint vat. I have no idea why, but uh, Uh that's what he needed to uh, get started and – so in 1951 of June, we became the newest exterminator in town. Uh, I get the uh, uh, question a lot, why are we call Northwest? Well, we lived in a community, uh, Grove Park, and there were 5,500 homes in the, in the community. And Dad thought that he could provide a better way of life for his uh, children then uh, he and mom were afforded uh, by just servicing those homes. And so uh, uh, Grove Park is in northwest Atlanta, so that's how we got the name. I northwest. have often wondered why that was your name. And that, that's, that's it. That's, right I've there. never asked you the question, and now I know. Yes. Okay, service that community, 5,500 homes, and it grew from there. 
That's right. That's exactly how uh, how we were started. He continued to work uh, for six years doing both. So yeah. we we come from a family of hard workers. Yeah. And uh, when I was nine and a half, Dad had me out on a termite truck. So uh, I know what hard work was about. I didn't much like it then, but I, as I grew older, I began to appreciate it. And now your sons are part of the whole That's story. Right. We yeah. are third generation business, and you know. Uh, there's so many businesses on in their third generation that fail, but uh, we're excelling in, in our third generation. And I have uh, two of my older sons are running uh, our co-presidents. I've stepped down as uh, I'm the ambassador, and I have two nephews that work with us. So we have a, a large family membership in the business. And, uh, in fact, um, Alan stole some of my thunder with uh, a couple of his things that, that he was talking about, about uh, doing what's right and customers first. And uh, yeah. But uh, that really is your brand, isn't it? It, it is. is really – Y'all really get in there with your customers, don't you? Well, we, we certainly try to. And yeah. we know that uh, uh, we don't have any employees at Northwest. We either have teammates or we have family. And mm. uh, so when we're at orientation, I tell them all, because I, I started, as Alan does, and I tell them, you're not, a, you're not an employee. You may hear that word, but you'll never hear it out, out of anybody that's uh, named Phillips. Uh, we all have to work together, and we're all here to, to be successful and uh and not only that, but uh, we're at work so much, we think that uh, one of the best things that you can do is have fun. And so we try to have fun at what we do. You got, you're going to get the, uh, the the ping pong tables and the pool tables and stuff as well? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> we hadn't gone to that much fun, but, uh, you know, we celebrate. Yeah. And we do celebrate, and we'll celebrate with uh, – uh, we'll have surprise breakfasts, and we'll uh, call, it, call everybody in, and we'll have – the admin not schedule for an hour at certain times of the month and uh, have lunch and we'll just we'll do a lot of fun things together yes i've actually uh, been to a couple of those well good and uh, it's 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 great and, and the employees boy scott when scott was talking about your employees you know how the brand starts there that is so true of your company but we really have we've kind of skimmed over it you know, you know we've, we've talked about pest control and termite but there's so much more that y'all do right why don't you give us a, an overview of the different services that you offer well of course when you think of uh, exterminating or pest control you think about bugs but um, you know termite and pests have been our big focus uh, throughout the years but uh, we now do an insulation product called tap which is uh, thermal acoustical and has pest products in it also hmm. and it's a big fire retardant we had a uh, there was a fire one time and the the chief said if this product had not been in the attic it would have burned the house completely down so we we're very pleased of that but uh, we do uh, gutter care and um, you know a lot of people don't realize but uh, we try to communicate with our customers and let them know you know if if you've got leaves in these gutters you're apt to have more pests you're apt to have the uh, smoky brown roaches when you normally would not have them if they were clean oh really uh yes and you would um, uh, we do a lot of mosquito work and uh, we know that there's a big push uh, to stay away from the pollinators the bees and and that is a big deal now, we work very very hard to uh, control the mosquitoes but also leave the bees alone we um we also uh we take care of critters our wildlife we yeah. have uh uh, one of the things I'm most most proud of is our good deeds team, and it all started with our with our um, 
uh, critter control. Uh, we had a lady whose sister teaches in um, in Tuscaloosa, and so we went and uh, and and showed all the little stuffed animals that we had caught and uh, had mounted over the years, and the kids were really really enjoying it. And uh, they began to talk and say, you know, what is your biggest issue? And it's it's getting the families involved, and especially when you have families that are maybe bilingual or you're going to a, a school that's mostly Hispanic and then uh, the, the children have their uh, the work to do when they get home. Their, yes. their families cannot help them. They can't join in and see what's going on. And so we have a literacy program. We've um, adopted a school in Cobb County. Have you? And it's uh, Fair Oaks Elementary, and we had a lit- literacy program that goes on and we'll, we'll come in once a, uh, once a month and the parents will come in and it, the the studies or the books will be uh, in both languages, and so we're trying to get them to where they can be more involved with the students uh, and the things that are going on at school. And it's it, it's been a very very big big success. And we've actually flown to uh, Detroit and uh, talked to uh, on a national level there and got that going and. Uh, been in Savannah and done the same thing there, and uh, it's called the Good Deeds Team. It's called the Good yeah. Deeds Team, and it's just our way of way of giving back to uh, to the community. And uh, I think what's so good about it is we don't advertise it. Uh, we have about uh, we just did, by the way. We d- <laughs> yeah, we just well, we did. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we don't have good deeds on our vehicle or anything. Yes. But, uh, we try to have uh, at all our service centers a first responder. A cookout every 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 year so well, we have 30 different uh, cookouts and then uh, we'll serve between 100 and 150 meals each each time that is tremendous and we it's uh, but the thing about it is the service center will get involved in other service centers and they'll become the, they'll get to know each other and it's been a great relationship uh, builder and a big tool and it's just uh we get blessed much more than uh, than these children and things like and, I can and, imagine. And the first responders. Yeah. Now, when people think of pest control, termite, mosquitoes, they think chemicals. And, you know, that's maybe a bad word for the environment, right? People think that. But you've really pioneered the whole idea of green pest control, haven't you? We have. We started about 18 years ago, and we did uh, – we did a lot of research and development on our own and uh, realized that, hey, we can, we can control pests just as well as using uh, your regular products that you buy from the uh, chemical companies. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, we worked very hard to make sure that we didn't come out with something that uh, was not going to work because it would make us look really bad. But uh, we were the first to come out, and uh, we want to always be the leader. We're always changing. We're always innovating. And what we actually do is we use the products that that the Mother Nature gives us. We use a lot of tree oils. We use things that are mined from the from the earth, and and we think a lot of times less is best. And a lot of times it's just communication and talking to the customers and giving them some pointers on what to do and what not to do and and uh, and customers appreciate that they do uh another thing that we you know we've been doing uh one of the baiting systems for termites for years and years and you hear a lot of uh radio ads that might say you know well why do you want to do that but uh when we can control a colony of termites 
with uh, product that you can hold in a packet of sugar, that sounds so much better to me than putting hundreds of gallons of chemical under the ground around your structure. Absolutely. So uh, we're always thinking green and always trying to change and innovate and try to do what's best for our customers. But, you know, we're in the bug business, but what we're really in is uh, what these folks said is uh, we're in the people business. Yes. And if uh, if you uh, have great relationships and treat people the way you want to be treated, uh, it's uh, you know you'll always stay busy. That's well said. But your uh, business has done well and for a long time, obviously, and you do great work. But it hasn't come without challenges, right? Oh, that's true. That's what true. kinds of challenge besides all the competition? in metro atlanta what are the kinds of challenges you face there are more exterminators in georgia than than anywhere it's just unbelievable and Mm. we do have a lot of uh, a lot of challenges for its competition but uh, we feel like our greatest competition is ourselves. really yeah we do what do you mean by that well you know you know we talk about growth we talk about you know you know how we're going to grow we've realized that uh when you become better, your customers are going to make you grow. Mm. So the better we get, the better we treat our treat our uh, teammates. Uh, we have five Northwest ways that, that, uh, that we live by. And uh, the first one is uh, customers first. Yep. And we realize our first customer is internal, like Alan was saying. And if they're happy, our external customers will be happy. And then do what's right. That, That's like what Alan already yeah. said. Yeah. And, and, you know, what is right, is it going to be easier for me? Is it going to be better for the customer? You yeah. always side on the customer's side. There you go. Do what's best for them. The third is uh, be humble. And uh, we feel like you have to be humble. We feel like the best thing you can do in any any type of um, work uh, is be a servant. Yes. And then uh, be extraordinary. And it just takes a little more than ordinary to be extraordinary yeah. and then uh, move forward. And uh, those are the five uh, ways that uh, we all live by at work. And we think that they're easy enough to live by at home or school or play at church or whatever. So we, uh, that's uh, what we strive to do. That's excellent, excellent stuff, especially, uh, I think, what you said, the big one that, that uh, resonates with me is the customer first. And I remember, Steve, you may not remember this conversation, but uh, but the first time you and I sat down and talked, and and you know, we were talking about how my company might could help yours. And, of course, we're in the sales world, so we're talking about helping your sales team uh, to sell better and, and sell more effectively. And and the, the conversation moved to the, the uh, technicians, the ones that do the work in the homes. And, and do do we help them? You know, in suggesting, you know, and the, the word in sales is upselling or cross-selling. And I remember you said, "That's fine, Al, as long as we don't cut short what we got to do for that homeowner." And that has stuck with me all these years. Well, thank you. I don't I don't actually remember that conversation, but uh, uh, we know that uh, another thing I'll ask in orientation is I'll say, "Show me the hands of the salespeople." And they'll usually three or four hands show up, uh, you know, out of about 40. And I'll say, you're wrong. You're all salespeople. Yeah. You raise you your know, hand too, right? <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you answer the phone, people yeah. know if you want their business. When you're driving your truck down the road and you're being polite, you're letting people in, 
uh, your rolling billboard. Or Wait your, a minute. Your drivers help people in uh, in Atlanta traffic? Well, I, I <laughs> ask them to, and, and I tell them most of the time. I bet they do. Most of the time, the most courteous people I see on the road drive trucks. That's probably, and, that's probably and, true. And I notice things like that. Yeah. And I notice if somebody's driving very fast, to me, I'm not going to call that person. And I know that may sound crazy, but just little no. things like that stick in my it's mind. It's not crazy. It's part of the brand. It's yeah. part of the brand. Okay, so I'm guessing there are a lot of folks listening, Steve, that would like to contact Northwest. What's the best way to do that? Well, our website is www.callnorthwest.com. Okay. And spell Northwest out, and you'll you'll get there. Okay, www.callnorthwest.com. Yes, sir. Steve, great to have you with us. Uh, thanks for asking me, and it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. sure has. It's been our, our pleasure, and we're all better for this show. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Scott. Tremendous show. Uh, again, this is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon. And um, our clients at, at Sandler Training typically are looking to us to, to, uh, to help them build a uh, stronger pipeline of new opportunities they're looking for us to help them to build skill sets in their teams to close more deals of course but also to close deals without having to to discount things like that yeah i'm going to talk a little bit about a different concept today though one that's that's really overlooked most sales professionals don't lead the dance you know that they let the prospect lead the dance which sounds good on the surface except for that the prospects are going to do things like not return calls, not return emails, let the sales cycle go along and um, longer than it should. And whenever the sales cycle goes longer than it should, a lot of things can happen, most of which are not good for the person who is selling. And, and so uh, they're not controlling the sales cycle. And so we help our clients to control the sales cycle in a way that also uh, at the same time builds rapport, which builds that trust level but it takes intentionality and most people have no idea how to do it but when you're not controlling the sales cycle as i mentioned uh you're you're kind of quoting and hoping is really what it comes down to and quoting and hoping is not a good way to sell uh, and it is actually from the from the prospect and eventually client standpoint uh it, it ends up being a, a a source of resentment actually that that festers and, and then and then blows up from there i mentioned the sales cycle goes too long uh, but most of the time, it's just because the salesperson has no idea how to control the sales cycle. Uh, experience has shown them that the prospect will take them somewhere, and they hope that that leads to a good outcome for them. So we have this term that I like to use. It's called being nurturingly assertive, right? being nurturingly assertive. And so sales professionals who understand how to be nurturingly assertive, they can suggest ways of going forward to uh, discover whether or not it makes sense to do business together and they'll tell their, their prospects it's okay to say no. It's okay if we do, you decide you don't want to take another step and discover if, not, if you want to do business together. It's okay to tell me no after I even render the proposal that you don't want to do this. That's fine. And if we have this abundance mentality, but we're leading the dance in terms of suggesting how to go forward and gaining agreement from the prospect that that makes sense to do that, you're in, in better shape of controlling the sales cycle while building rapport at the same time. And professionals know how to do that. And uh, it's one of the major things that we work on at Sandler Training. So once again, this has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Simon Says Let's Talk Business. You want the last word, Steve? What do you got? 
Al, I don't know how long we've known each other. Twenty-five. I don't think it's that long. Maybe twenty. Twenty, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want the listeners to know that you are such a genuine, nice person, and uh, you know they don't see you, but I've known you a long time, and I've always heard nothing but great and wonderful things about you. So I appreciate who you are. Thank you very much for that, Steve. I appreciate that. You know what? That's part of our brand. Part of our brand. You know, people think of sales and folks that aren't in the sales career uh you know sometimes they don't have the best view of what salespeople are and it's because of decades maybe even centuries of bad selling out there and sales has got a bad name it's a negative social stigma and so we strive to make sure that we 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 get people to realize there's a better way to do it and still be effective uh, and efficient in sales so thank you for that thank you scott thank you alan thank you steve once again this is al simon with sandler training simon says let's talk business Good selling.